Hello, Sally here. It's time for another episode of the How to Love the Shit Out of Life podcast. It's a guest episode today, so I will introduce the wonderful woman that I spoke with on this episode in just a second. Before I get into that, I wanted to say, as usual, thank you so much for your support of the podcast in 2021. It's been a great ride so far on season three, and I've got some more exciting content and episodes to dish out over the coming months. Very pumped about that. In case you haven't heard or realized, the podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Please leave a review, of course, you know, of the five-star persuasion. If you're going to leave some comments and feedback, go gently. I'm a very sensitive soul um, and I'm I'm doing this out of love and goodwill. Um, but yeah, the podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts as well as Podbean, SoundCloud and Spotify. So plenty of platforms for you to access it on. Go to my website, www.howtolovetheshitoutoflife.com forward slash podcast to find all the links. Now today's episode, I sat down with a woman named Cassie Moncrude and we had a wonderful chat. Now Cassie is the lead singer of the band Antonomasia. They are a Sydney-based modern metal group. And I wanted to talk to her. Obviously, music is one of my favorite topics to love the shit out of. But I wanted to go a little bit deeper into, you know, what it's like being a a lead singer, what it's like being a front woman of a band as well that's in, I guess, more of a male-dominated industry. Um, And we go into that. We also talk a lot about how the band has evolved over time, how they handled the COVID-19 pandemic period uh, in 2020. And we just talk a lot about music, which, as I said, is one of my favorite topics. I get to know Cassie really well. She's very open and warm, you know, in sharing her experiences and her thoughts. Um, She's really funny. She's really sweet. So I hope that you enjoy this episode about loving the shit out of being a front woman. Hello and welcome to another episode of the How to Love the Shit Out of Life podcast. Now, music is one of my favorite things to love the shit out of, and I am very excited today to chat with Cassie Moncrude, who is the lead singer of Sydney-based modern metal band Antonomasia. We're going to talk all things being in a band, particularly what it's like as a female in a more male-dominated industry. And all the things Cassie loves the shit out of. So welcome, Cassie. Hi, thanks for having me. No problem. <laughs> We're a little bit nervous today, both of us, I think. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I think nerves are good for things like this. Nerves and excitement. So can you tell us a bit about your journey as an artist and particularly with your band, Antonomasia? Well, it is a... Um at least a 25-year-long story. <laughs> um, We've got time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so initially, I suppose as an artist, I started probably not as an artist when I was young, but um, a lot of my musical influence came from my dad. So he was um, in a bands when we were younger, like my sister and I were little rugrats running around, like their band rehearsals and stuff. And cool. I don't think they played much in the way of shows, but they just did it because they enjoyed it. Um, Mm. So we kind of grew up around that um, and sort of always had, you know, a a lot of exposure to music and 
instruments and like they were really supportive of my sister and I wanting to pursue anything to do with music. So I actually did a brief stint on saxophone when I was oh, like wow. probably about maybe nine. Just do I know how to play? <laughs> Uh, I I would only say badly. I, don't, I haven't tried. <laughs> hey, that's something. Yeah. Um, I think I learned the Simpsons theme song, maybe, oh, but like that, that was so cool. pretty much it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it kind of came from there. And um, I think my very first performance I ever remember, I'm pretty sure it was the first one, um, was the Circle of Life from The Lion King. Yes. And I was probably, I don't know, maybe five. <laughs> That's adorable. Pink dress on and <laughs> the microphone was like the size of my abdomen because I'm, I'm very short, listeners, <laughs> and I always was very short. Um, but, yeah, it sort of came from there and, you know, I sort of went through phases of different kinds of music. Like I was always drawn to very different voices. So, mm. um, you know, I started out with influences from my dad, like Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin and Stevie Nicks, which I'll come back to because – Amazing. She's very important to this story. <laughs> um, but, yeah, my, my very first album that I bought was um, Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. Oh, so that was my so first good. individual choice. My housemate, one of my housemates got that for her birthday on vinyl. I got it from the, the guitarist um, of Anton Major. Oh, really? Bought it for That's me on vinyl great. Too. Yeah. If you were listening to it one night and I was just like, this is the shit. Yeah. Like, this is such a good album. Yeah. She was very – like, one thing that I really love – about Alanis Morissette, her voice is very, yeah. very different, very unique. But I think it was her, her like energy, her kind of like boldness, I guess, mm. in terms of you know saying things that might have been considered uncomfortable. Mm. Like, and I really liked how you know she was just so into it and so like not aggressive, but you know, just passionate about yeah. it. And that was that was something that kind of made me pay attention. Mm. Um, and that's that's kind of the the thing that I identify as a lot of the, the beginning of of wanting to sing um, in front of people is that, you know, I, I wanted to feel what that feels like. Um, as a younger kid that's listening to that, a lot of the themes probably weren't um, – appropriate for me at the time <laughs> but um it was more the energy and the mm. passion and just this the sonic attitude of you know at yeah. the time but yeah kind of you know I went through stages of you know R&B and like pop and everything um again I was always kind of fixated on those really different voices like um like a Casey and Jojo for example yeah. very raw but a lot of like really crazy awesome technique mm. Um, and you know, in sort of the earlier times of watching Rage on a Sunday morning, it yes. was like four non blondes with what's up and like Tracy Bonham, like early, no doubt. So just like, I found that, um, the voices would draw me in and then it was the, as I got older, it was the lyrics as well. So yeah. that I found a lot of connection with, um, but yeah, so it sort of started with a lot of music influence early on, um, you know, I did work placement at a music store when I was like in year 10 and I was like, this is, you know, this is the mecca, like back when CDs were, you oh, know, the thing. The good old days. <laughs> um, but yeah, like not long after, you know, sort of figuring out um, what I was into over time and what kind of voices I liked and 
how it kind of just naturally came out of me and sort of was shaped by what I started to listen to. So I started getting into um, like Corn and Marilyn Manson, which yep. is questionable choice now, but like <laughs> um, at the time, you know, was very drawn to that kind of that same thing that I found about Alanis Morissette, that really mm. kind of edgy, like heavy, kind of dark, a little bit fun to, you know, play with that kind of um, aspect with my own writing mm. and, and stuff. Like, so sang a lot as a kid, wrote a lot of, you know, poetry and short stories and like, you know, creative writing stuff. So I feel like that kind of geared me towards wanting to join a band. Yeah. Um, which the first band I actually joined was the kind of early, early version of Antonomasia with a few different members and then um, that was when I was 15 and then so over time it shifted to the lineup that we have now mm. um, and that was kind of the start of my experience with, you know, collaborative stuff. Like even seeing it from my dad, he was, you know, he did a lot of stuff on his own. Mm. Um, a lot of our Friday nights were spent kind of, in his study with a guitar and like, cool. you know, just sort of talking and, and connecting over that stuff. So yeah, it was, it, it's been a kind of a long, very different kind of um, experience with beginning in more solo based stuff, more kind of mainstream stuff, got a bit into the heavier stuff um, as, you know, sort of time went on um, from about, 15 to 21 I was in Antonomasia mm. um, as lead vocalist and my husband's actually the drummer so that's how we met mm. um, and then we sort of parted ways around 21 or when I was 21 and um, had pretty much like a nine-year hiatus from bands and, wow. and Antonomasia um, and then they continued on and sort of had some really talented people in like for different lineup changes. Like yeah, I cool. had a different vocalist and, um, you know, a, a few different um, musicians that came in and sort of, um, you know, ha was very instrumental in the direction that we're sort of going in now. Um, and, yeah, so in that sort of nine-year hiatus we did, we <laughs> – we're a part of a church for a while. <laughs> um, so Sam and I um, were attending a church and involved in the worship team. So we've got like a different, completely different aspect of the importance of music in that sense, um, which is still very valuable and still, you know, have a lot of love for, for them and like mm. for um, the church that we attended. And, yeah, sort of fell into – Fell away from that a little bit, um, you know, for a few different reasons and then got into um, a collaborative big sort of group of people. Um, they're called Independent Band Resurgence or just Resurgence for short. Um, and that's run by um, Lorraine and Gerard that own Guitar World in Campbelltown. Oh, cool. Um, and it's just like a great bunch of people, like diff varying levels of like experience with live scene or you know some of us are kind of the old school crew that yeah. are, you know did our own band circuit stuff back in the day um some of them are brand new to performing and there's a lot of really cool um sort of opportunities to connect with people and so I found that that was really a um a really good experience um and helped me grow a lot as a performer because it was mostly covers mm. um it was it is a cover 
um, like cover songs. So we do other other people's songs. Um, that's the kind of uh, vibe of the um, the performance nights that they do. Um, but it kind of I felt like it took a bit of the pressure off um, being who I was as a mm. um, original artist. Yeah. Um, the covers kind of because they're songs you love and you get into, you connect with them a different way. So that was really that developed my stage presence a lot as well, and um, just I think confidence too because I'm I'm very talkative and uh, <laughs> <laughs> clearly this has been like what five minutes and no break. I'm sorry, Sally. That's okay. <laughs> um, but I found that that is really helpful. Um, that was really helpful in developing as a performer. And then, yeah, we um, reconnected with Anton Major about three, four years ago now and been on track to getting getting things started and, um, and you know, sort of recording and, like, planning the comeback show, which was supposed to happen in August last year. But, you know, thanks COVID. COVID. <laughs> Bloody COVID. Bloody COVID. <laughs> and then, yeah, about two years ago, um, Sam and I joined uh, War Ages Within. So it's a side project that we're involved in. And that's actually quite heavy mm-hmm. um, in terms of the sort of metal genre. It's a bit, it's yeah, it's a lot heavier than Anton Amasia, but um, Anton Amasia's got the melodic side of things yeah. and War Ages is very like brutal and awesome. yeah, so it's very, very cool, very different experiences, but yeah. that's where I'm at now. Amazing. <laughs> so you did touch on a few of the female voices and, and voices in general that you love. Um, are there any specific Female lead singers or any lead singers that have inspired you? Obviously, Stevie. Oh, Stevie Nicks. So <laughs> she's rem- got a whole page on Stevie. Oh no. <laughs> man, I've got. I couldn't. I couldn't just pick a couple. Mm. So I picked ten. <laughs> I won't talk about all of them. Okay. I promise. Um, okay, so if I could name ten for various reasons, probably more obvious now that I've you know given my life story. <laughs> um, Alanis Morissette. Stevie Nicks, Aretha Franklin, Lacey Sturm from Flyleaf. Um, great band. Um, very, very cool. Very interesting voice. Uh, Tori Amos, just the keys and vocals thing was my, yeah, it was like one of the things that connected me to wanting to play keys as well, which I don't do very well. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, Hayley Williams from Paramore. Uh, there's a band called Mirker. I'm probably saying that really badly, but um she is a um, Scandinavian artist, um, does very heavy, very death kind of, cool. death metal kind of, um, but also does like Scandinavian folk stuff too. So very cool. Um, and Anila is another one. She's an artist that does um, very uh, soundscape type, stuff so there's like a couple of songs called um warrior and medicine chant and it's basically it almost sounds like a ceremony like there's wow nature in the background there's kind of like real tribally kind of vocals very very cool um yeah and bjork yeah just because of her edginess and her rawness she's so amazing she is Mm. and i would have to say my favorite vocalist is Christina Scarpia from a band called Lacuna Coil. They're an Italian metal band. Oh. <laughs> um, most of their stuff's in English. They do have a few songs that they do in Italian, but she's just goals when it comes to – she's incredible to watch. Like um, live as well as recorded, she's just got this unmatched energy and this 
passion and she just masters it. Like it's – yeah, she's – Someone I would look up to a lot. <laughs> so there, that's probably your Spotify <laughs> playlist. Uh, most of it, yeah. <laughs> there are some curveballs in there, but yeah, that's kind of where it's at at the moment, I yeah. think. Yeah. Amazing. Mm. So this podcast is all about happiness, positivity, joy, and all that good, warm, fuzzy stuff. How has your journey as an artist, a musician, brought you joy and happiness? I think in quite a few ways, but think to narrow it down I suppose it's a it's a way to exert creative energy um or even just energy it kind of feeds me you know so it's um like it's a release a way to express yourself Mm. but like you know even in your own time just like jamming or like singing through some covers or um writing and playing with some ideas or developing like different vocal techniques and stuff like that's something that I find there's not – I can't really explain it. It satisfies something. I'm not sure what it is, but it satisfies something that only that can, mm. if that makes sense. Like yes. I, don't, I don't really know how to explain it very well. No, that, that um, makes sense. <laughs> but, yeah, I think um, it connects you with a lot of people. Like being, you know, a, an artist, I think especially locally – um, we have, you know, a great network of people that we're connected with um, that are at varying sort of levels of um, what they're doing musically. Um, sometimes it can be, um, you know, they might be doing sort of weddings or they might be doing like corporate gigs, which Sam's actually involved in in some things like that as well. I think that the community part of it is very cool. Like it, it just, I think it's good that to be around like-minded people that, that get what your goals are and that get, you know, you might come from a completely different field or completely different genre or whatever, but everybody can appreciate everyone's interests and support each other. And that's that's something I found was really important. Being a singer as well, like being connected to, like physically connected to your instrument, it, it teaches you a lot about yourself, um, how your mindset and, you know, you know, if you have struggles with, with mental health issues and stuff like that, how that can affect you performing or how that can affect you connecting to the thing that you feel like you're meant to do. Like yeah. sometimes that can be a barrier that you've got to break through. Um, and it really taught me to find the beauty in brokenness and how to turn it brokenness into something positive. So for me, I'm very kind of open about the fact that I – Um, have some struggles with anxiety like it can get pretty intense at times and it can be interrupting um, it can be a lot of negative things um, physically and emotionally but it can also kind of be a superpower if you're like you know if you kind of learn how to harness it and look I'm not even close to like learning how to have properly harnessed it but I think that um, for writing especially it gives me um being able to get words out onto a page or connect those words to a melody that accurately pulls out the experience that I have with anxiety. Um, It's kind of healing in a way, but it also, you know, it's a way to kind of be able to put it on a page and deal with it. So Mm. that's, you know, that, that I feel is a big part of it. And in the live scene, reciprocation of you know, musicians to the audience to that sort of cyclical um, experience. It's, it's, 
holding space with a group of people that you may have never met before but you're connecting over music and you're having a shared experience. It's just mm. there's just something magical about that, I think. So yeah. yeah. So I guess that does segue a little bit into the next question on how your journey as an artist and music in general, you know, has helped you overcome any challenges and obstacles. Can you maybe touch on that a little bit more? Yeah. I mean, it's being I think it's being aware of of different sort of spaces in your mind as well like having anxiety is something that I deal with every day um at one point I thought it was going to eventually go away but I've realized a lot as I've gotten older that it's something that I have to manage and it's something that um you know if I do keep it in check make sure I'm taking care of myself and allowing time to kind of collect myself be with my own thoughts those kind of things actually help with everything in life but I think when it's something so creatively based that you're attempting identifying as a musician or identifying as a vocalist, there's a range of things that day to day may factor into your day that may not factor into someone who's not inclined musically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try and as a, you know, sort of bit of a therapeutic exercise, I try and play keys rather badly um but just <laughs> better to support than the saxophone the I'm sure yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um but I try and play and sing at least once a day um that gives me some time to you know kind of get lost in it a little bit and um it gives you a bit of control over over you know how you're feeling and being able to rein yourself in when you've got that creative release um and I feel like that getting lost in playing and singing, um, which is mostly what I do when I'm on my own. (laughs) Um, But that actually, you know, doing that often gives you, uh, it strengthens the impulse to let go. Mm -hmm. So to not have to be in control, make sure you can see everything, make sure you can hear everything, make sure that you're in a fight or flight position, which, you know, funnily enough, you don't realise that that those are your behaviours until you're having to ch- like put them in check sort of yeah. thing. Um, yeah, letting, being able to let go and kind of close your eyes and just get into it, it gives you – it strengthens the impulse to be able to do that whenever you're – whenever you need to. So conquering like a lot of a lot of personal, you know, kind of uh, – I would, wouldn't really say demons, but personal kind of demons yeah. – <laughs> um, just challenges in your mind. Um, it, it has like being musically inclined um, and being, you know, a singer. I, I've found that um, being able to connect, being able to connect my body to my mind and use my instrument to bring those together helps me expel that energy mm-hmm. and sort of at the end of it I'm tired and I might be a little raspy and I'm just kind of like content, you know, that I've got an experience. Out. Yeah, it's come out. I've had a bad day. All the neighbours have to deal with it now. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Sorry, neighbours. <laughs> Sorry, neighbours. <laughs> but good. yeah. I think it's it shows the power of music. Mm. It's, it's healing and it is therapeutic and I think all forms of art 
Today's episode is how to love the shit out of being a front woman. So we're going to talk a little bit about being a, a woman in what I guess, for want of a better term, a man's world, which it so not is. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's obviously many metal bands that do have a female lead singer, but I guess it can still seem like more of a man's world, as we just said. Um, what has your experience been like as a front woman of a band in that genre? Yeah, I, I started as a teenager, so it was a very varied experience um you know sometimes being young in that um environment um and you know having trying to navigate like your own complexities of self-worth and decisions and relationships and Mm. it's you know being young and dealing with those things or being a teenager and dealing with those things it's almost always going to end badly (laughs) but I think um when you're young, it impacts differently in that kind of a scene. And um, there's, you know, there's a lot that I've found incredibly valuable. There was a few negative experiences, I think. Um, back when Anton and Major were sort of doing our first run, um, we were doing a lot of live shows when we first uh, released the Keeping Nothing EP, which is on Spotify. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and it was something that... I really looked up to a lot of um, a lot of bands and a lot of um, there wasn't like immense amounts of female fronted um, metal bands back there, but there were some. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I wasn't as connected to the scene, maybe because of my age, but um, I did have some somewhat negative experiences. Um, it was it seemed to me to be very competitive at the time. I'm right. not a competitive person, so yeah. I think because female fronted stuff was still quite not unheard of but it wasn't as flooded as the scene is now there was some established bands that I was like oh these guys are amazing and it wasn't reciprocated (laughs) not in the sense that I kind of expected them to tell me I was amazing but it was very dismissive you're a kid. It wasn't like a, a, a genuine love no. flowing between both parties, which was sad. Mm. Um, but there was a couple of um, a couple of like female vocalists that I was just blown away by, and one of them that stands out to me. They just sort of gave it like a passing comment of encouragement, but it really stuck with me like mm. over the years. Her name is Michelle Madden. Um, she used to front a band called Tourette's. And was probably the most brutal vocalist, like held her own against any, um, you know, men's sort of screams, like heavy vocals mm. of the day. Like she was just brilliant and her singing voice was awesome. And more than that, she was just a great person. And like I remember, you know, I'm quite short, obviously. She's very, <laughs> very tall. And I remember her like, like, like slinging her arm around me and saying, you know, oh, that was a great set. Like, you're going to do really good things. This is what I've kind of learned about, you know, the live scene. Like, just just very small conversation, but it really made an impact on me. I'm like, that's, that's what I want to be. Like, mm. that's the kind of musician I want to be. That's the kind of persona that I, I want to have. I want to be someone that can be approachable and encouraging to younger supportive. people. Yeah, yeah, because it's so it's so impacting. And I didn't realise until um, recently actually how important that that was to me, like things like that, experiences mm. like that, which I had a couple. That's the main one that sticks out to me. But 
it kind of because having anxiety as well it, it sometimes skews your perception about mm. um you know how you come across to people and you know it's very it's a very negative space to be in sometimes so already having that and then having people that are kind of very dismissive of you and don't take you seriously because you're so young um or maybe I don't know maybe it was I stepped on toes and didn't realize it you know I was young I would almost guarantee I probably (laughs) did (laughs) um but yeah I think I found as I've gotten older um and you know our sort of live shows uh, for Antonomasia were like years ago, so prior to being, you know, 21. Um, I'm 33 now. So the most recent experience that we've had with live shows is with um, the other band that Sam and I are in, War Ages Within, which is the side project I mentioned. Um, so that's actually quite a brutal genre. Like mm. that's, a, that's a very heavy genre of music to be in. Um, they're a great bunch of guys and like – I th- I feel like that's probably more male dominated, but yeah, the experience is is kind of different. I feel like with you know social media stuff, um, being able to co- like connect with people and being able to kind of get a feel for who they are before you see them, um, that may have helped a bit. And we've had really really positive feedback from shows that we've done, and you know I was expecting for you know my experience in the scene was years ago, you know over ten years ago, so. I was really expecting people to, or like especially like the kind of heavier, like mm. male-dominated bands to be like, oh, there's a girl here, you know. <laughs> but like, but I, I really honestly, the the shows that we've done and the experience that we've had so far, it's all been really, really positive. The kind of age that we're in now and feminist age, I guess, if you want to, if you want to say it that way, um, that's got a lot to do with, I think, you know, being taken a little bit more seriously. Probably my age has something to do with that as well, but. Mm. Yeah, the, I think the experience has been something that was really uh, strengthening. It's not something that I can see my life without, which is weird. Like I, I, I always thought, yeah, music is something I do on the side. But, you know, during COVID and, and the times that we were unable to rehearse because we just weren't allowed to be in a room mm-hmm. together – that it, it, I was really surprised at how that affected me. I'm like, no, no, but I need, like, I need this. I didn't. I knew that I needed it, but mm. I didn't realize how much I needed it until it was taken away. Yeah. And then, I mean, I suppose that's the age old. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. Yeah, yeah good old COVID, hey. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a bit about the band um, for a minute. So you guys released some new material recently. So what was that process like? Obviously, you know, with COVID, um, you know, not being able to record for a long time. How was it working on new material in the midst or I guess on the back of you know a global pandemic. Pandemic, yeah. Um, look, End Oblivion was. Um, like recording into oblivion was the first um the first time I'd been in a studio in since the last EP which was like 2006 I think so that was that was challenging in ways I didn't anticipate but it's always such a like enriching experience it's um you know the like Anton Major the the band is very supportive like at one point we're only doing vocals there, but they were all there and, you know, like sort of cheering you on and stuff. And they did the heavy vocals and we're cheering, um, you know, Justin and Sam on. And it's, um, I think that it's a lot of fun and, you know, we have a, we get, you know, silly from time to time. <laughs> and like, I think it's cause you're in the room all day. Like eventually you kind of, 
you know, get the giggles and funny things happen. <laughs> yeah, weird ideas end up in the mix and it's, yeah. it's very cool. But I think that because our comeback, like I mentioned before, our sort of comeback show in quotation marks, um, that was meant to happen in August. So I think what we initially were planning to do um, in terms of releases and in terms of, you know, shows and, and integrating those two sort of things, um, we then just kind of like, okay, well, we can't, you know, obviously do what we were planning to do. So let's switch gears. Let's keep going. Um, and I think staying active was super important um, for us as well, like to not get stagnant because it would have been easy and, you know, don't have any blame for any bands that, you know, that sort of experienced that or even part of ways because of it, because, mm. you know, our experience as musicians out in a scene that we were about to step back into um will be forever changed I think um so having that in mind we just tried to make the best of the time that we had and um you know are writing more and recording and like trying to do all the background stuff until it's time for you know shows to come back in a you know similar capacity to what they were before um I think it's such a strange idea Mm. to go to a live show and have to sit down and yes not be able to sing or chant in anyone's (laughs) general direction like it's very bizarre yeah it is it's a little weird because like I went to karaoke recently and that is allowed wow yeah but I mean we only had one microphone between about 14 people which I thought was bizarre but the whole singing and chanting thing it's yeah a little strange to me yeah Mm. it seems it seems like like just so absurd. Yeah. Like <laughs> it is, you it? can stand this way, but don't open your mouth in that direction. I mean, like, is just, this bad? Us doing this podcast I right now? <laughs> I don't know. I assure you, I'm sanitized. Yes. I um, same. My hands are pretty much <laughs> cracked and bleeding. Um, but yeah, it is like it's just. I, I feel like maybe we weren't as prepared. Like me personally, like you know, common phrase that I think everyone's saying at the moment is. Or when COVID's over, when this is all over. And I feel like something I maybe wasn't as prepared for is that there's a certain element of this that probably will never be over. Mm. Um, But I think, you know, sort of adjusting to what that means for a musician in in the – I don't like saying in the new world, but in like a (laughs) post-pandemic world, Mm. I'd say um, there's obviously going to be a lot of – a lot more careful measures in place to, you know, protect everybody and to try and make sure that, you know, no one's, you know, coughing all over each other and all that sort of thing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it does it does make you sort of rethink um, how you want to approach something, how, you know, if we're going to do a show, do we want to do a show where 10 people are allowed in the room at the time and they have to sit down and they can't interact? And mm. it just seems like a very almost like a fraudulent experience you know, as mm. someone who goes to concerts too, that the crowd being mushed together and like it's such a big part yeah, of it. It's just that that energy, that mm. that disgusting sweating all over <laughs> each other, like, but just fixated on someone that is practically a superhero so to you good. standing like twenty feet away, like singing your favorite song, mm. something you connect with and something that may have helped you through a hard time. Like that's that reciprocal experience I yes. was talking about and being able to experience that from both sides is amazing. But I feel like in this post-COVID world, um, I feel like it's going to be a while before that returns to mm. its former state, if yeah. that makes sense. 
Okay, so we're going to do a bit of a rapid fire round of questions. I want to get to know some of your musical tastes and you know maybe a few surprises in there. So, favorite artist or band? It's a tie. Uh, Lacuna Coil and Deftones. Favorite album? I I cycle through. So sometimes it's, you know, I'm feeling that there's like a certain album that I'm really, really loving and it's like I can't live without this album right now. Um, at the moment, it's actually Hellbilly Deluxe by Rob Zombie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. God, I haven't heard his name in a really long yeah. time. An artist that you like that might surprise people. You said, uh, was it Casey and Jojo earlier? Yeah, I was like, oh my God, that yeah. really sings <laughs> to the 90s R&B oh, girl yeah. in me. <laughs> It's just, I think that those were some band, and specifically them, like they had just had such a very raw sound, mm. which I was, it's it's kind of, when you really listen to it, it's kind of similar to some heavy vocals, not quite screaming, but that kind of tonal screaming. It's very yeah. similar. There's a lot of really kind of There's a lot of pain and anguish in mm. their voices. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I would say probably another one that might be, shocking is um ray charles oh, i love ray charles is just a very 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 talented man um and just his life is fascinating mm. as well um good choice yeah yeah <laughs> favorite genre of music besides i guess metal and the, and the bands that you're in yeah um i would have to say it's like a swing jazz 40s kind of I do love a bit of the Andrew Sisters from time to oh, time. Okay. Um, I I love um, Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong, Etta James. Beautiful. I just some of the the heart that's in there mm. is just makes me cry. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay, so we are coming towards the end of the podcast, which is. Always a little sad. And look, you didn't talk anywhere near as much as what I think you thought you were going to. <laughs> I, I think you may have said only five sentences. I may have only let you say like five sentences. Oh, that's okay. Um, so I like to get my guests to sum up the topic that we've spoken about. So how do you love the shit out of being a front woman? I think to sum it up in sort of short form, I would say – I love the shit out of being a front woman by trying to be present um, in the moment, maintaining gratitude for being able to do these things and being able to be a part of, um, you know, the music uh, community, um, being passionate and and staying connected to, I suppose, the identity as a musician and, and staying connected to the things that I derive joy from and derive um, contentment. Um, especially in music and especially spending time with it on, on my own and also in a collaborative kind of environment. So what other things do you love the shit out of, Cassie? Um, psychology. Cool. I actually just started my uh, s- a Bachelor of Psycho- Psychological Sciences um, degree two days ago. Well done. Yes, it's um, fascinating. I'm doing a, a criminology major, so hoping to get into uh, forensic and criminal psychology, um, why trauma Mm. does what it does to the brain and why that sort of – that affects uh, people who commit violent crimes um, the way it does. It's just – I'm one of those – listen to a lot of podcasts about, you know, missing persons and murder cases. Yeah. (laughs) And I know it's like – it's good now because it's it's such a – 
a commonly accessed thing that you don't feel so weird saying, oh, I spent six hours listening <laughs> to, um, you know, a documentary about a missing person the other day mm. and people don't look at you so weird anymore. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it yeah. is such a thing now, the true crime mm. genre in both podcasts and also documentaries. Mm. Yeah, I feel like if you went into my Netflix, like, and it's like related yeah. <laughs> yeah. content, yeah. you'd be like, mm, Sally, are you okay? <laughs> and one of the things that you see in the documentaries that we're talking about is mm. they go through their history and they're like, they yes. had a lot of books on this. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, oh, no. It's like, but I also have a you know positivity podcast. Does that count for something? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like uh, in the, my you know podcast playlist, it's recently how to love the shit out of life, mm-hmm. um, but also like murder, missing persons, uh, criminal psychology, <laughs> TED talks, um, and then meditation, oh. and then it's <laughs> a nice balance. Yeah, there. and it's then nice music. Balance. So it's um. Yeah, it's definitely something that I I think will be very cool to fuse with music to the psychology stuff. So yeah, awesome. All right. So how can people check out what Antonomasia are up to at the moment? So we do have a few avenues to connect with us. Um, we the most prominent, obviously, are Facebook. So we've got our own page. Just search Antonomasia. Um, A-N-T-O-N-A-M-A-S-I-A, I I believe. Um, And then um, the same on Instagram. We're just Antonio Major on Instagram and on YouTube as well. So hit us up. We're happy to chat. Awesome. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Cassie. Thank you for having me. I do think we could have talked a lot longer, but that's okay. But um, (laughs) thank you for, you know, loving the shit out of being a front woman and, and just talking music with me. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you.